Hello and welcome back to the Reload Podcast. I'm Nigel Lamont and I'm joined as usual... Lee Maxwell. And... Not Connor McCann. Not Connor McCann. So Lee, fill us in, where's Connor this week? Connor has jetted off this morning. Judith Chalmers, that's a reference for older people in the audience by the way. (laughs) Look it up. To uh, Ultimate Dubs. Hmm. So... Rather him meeting than me. up, meeting up some American f- friends. He is. He's gone to meet up with Corey Starling, who's a friend of ours who runs the Vag Fair shows. Yeah. So we don't get to see Corey obviously very often because he lives in America. But even when we do, when we're over at his shows and stuff, Chaos. you know yourself with Dubshed, yeah. he's running around doing a million things. So we don't get to spend as much time with him as we would like. So yeah, when he said he was coming over, why not? Connor was like, "Should I go? Should I go?" And you know, I hate Ultimate Dubs. I I refuse to go. <laughs> I have Couldn't a vendetta against them, but um, I was like, yeah. And then he was humming and hawing all week. He was like, no, no, no. We found him a cheap Airbnb. Flights were fine. The main cost of the trip was actually the hire car, because hire cars are ridiculous money, yeah, apparently. Yeah. Um, you found them expensive in America as well, when you just went over? They were more expensive than they normally are. Now, I just assumed at the time that that was because we were going to Orlando, because it's like a big tourist yeah. centre, as opposed to some of the other places we be going is sometimes a bit more off the beaten track maybe the cars were cheaper but I don't know looking at those ones from Birmingham airport there it was just crazy yeah actually I was talking well I think it's over the back of I think we talked about it during the first lockdown when we were talking about the hire car company sold a lot of their fleet and because did hearts I think was yeah yeah they sold a lot of their fleet and then with car production just not I know. Back on full power I think it's a combination of things basically they don't have the hire cars so they've just hiked the prices up it's mad but and then you can do that, what do you call that app? It's a bit like Airbnb for your car. All right, okay. You can do that, but then it looks cheap when you first look at it because you go on and you go, oh, there's a whatever fucking Corolla for 40 quid or something. But then there's like additional fees and insurance fee and cleaning yeah. fee and service charge and blah, blah, blah. T's and C's. A bit like Airbnb, you've got all that. Yeah. And then you actually go, oh, actually, it's actually not 40 quid. Yeah. <laughs> It's just bullshit, is what it is. So I can't remember what he's hired. I'm sure he'll tell us when he comes back. But well, uh, we're recording on Saturday morning. It's now ten to twelve. We'd disappointed if he hasn't known his second or third pint by now. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, he's definitely letting the side down. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so uh, yeah, Connor, enjoy. And just to remind you that our last episode, episode fifty-seven, I think it was, because it's episode fifty-eight. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'll take yeah. your word for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. Our last episode was an interview with Paul Barney from Eurotripper Show while Lee and Connor were in America, and also they interviewed Rafa Cabrera. Uh, he has his uh, Mark One Twenty Valve Turbo Cabrio, so there's chats from that, and then a bit of chat from us. If you just want to listen back to that there and any other previous episodes, well, you're more than welcome. And also remember to review, like, all subscribe, that, all, all the that jazz. all the YouTube stuff. Yeah. Do all of that stuff. So, oh, just drop something there. Um, yeah, so let's kick it off. New with you, Lee. You want to, can't say to Connor because Connor's, Connor's not here. Connor's not so here. It's just us two. Uh, drop Connor up to the airport this morning. What a smorgasbord of terrible driving I saw on the way. The M1 from Dundalk down is just death, no, I dropped death it, was, race. it was international. So it was the airport road. Oh, sorry, sorry. Right. But I'm just saying down that road oh, is yes, death race 2000. But I go there every... Yeah, yeah, I'm used to that. The airport road. So there's two tractors in front of us with big bale trailers on, right? So they're going slow, obviously. But 
guess what? It's a Saturday morning. Where are you rushing off to? We were in good time for the airport. Just chilling. I was like, whatever. Stick yeah. the cruise control on. Hang back. Overtaken. Sitting so close to the backs of the, the tractors. Just, I was just like, oh my God. There was one point where a guy went to overtake about three cars behind me. And I saw him in the mirror. And I, there was an insignia coming the other way. Like, yeah. I could see it. And he got out a bit past about two cars and then was like, oh shit. <laughs> and then he couldn't get back in because obviously there was a yeah. line of cars behind this tractor. And then he was like, oh, honestly, it, you take your life in your hand going up that road. Yeah, I suppose there's guys there and they're just going, I must get this flight, I must get this flight. Yeah, but you Easy know. picking for the police though, if they bothered to watch it. Some t- much as, you know, I'm not a big fan of our uniform trends. Sometimes I wish I was a cop, as many people think I am in my unmarked car. Mm. <laughs> But some of the stuff you see, you're like, where are where are they? Why do they see this as well? It, yeah. it can't just be me. Like, yeah, I'm sure they see some delightful things when they're out patrolling. Um, what else is new with me? The thrust bearing for the Jetta arrived during the week. Brilliant. Thanks, Autodoc Legends. So all systems go from this week once Connor gets back to get ready for Dubshed. Yeah. The only other thing I think I have is new series of Drive to Survive started last night. Mm-hmm. You watched any of it yet? No, I'm gonna. It's just a f- so much on at the moment. I'm gonna dedicate probably Monday evening to really dive into it. We we knocked out six episodes last night. <laughs> <laughs> really, really, is there a normal season? Ten. Ten. So uh, Stefan was around. We were having dinner. Uh, he's actually never seen it. So what? we were like, "Do you mind if we put this on?" He was like, "Yeah, sure, whatever." Like, and uh, and he was like, "Oh, this is good." Yeah. And I was like, "Yeah, I know, right?" <laughs> it's probably the best season of F1 in many a year too. I know. Um, so no spoilers, please. No, Connor's away for the weekend now, so I can't watch any of it now till yeah. he comes back. So I'm like, oh, and obviously the last few episodes is going to be all the oh the drama, the drama at yeah. the end. So it'll be good. <laughs> like I think last time we talked about the last season, we're going, wow, what a season that was, isn't it brilliant? And then 2021 season was just like, holy smokes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, cool. I'm. I think we mentioned it. A couple of episodes ago, that there's going to be a WRC behind the scenes, isn't there? So I believe, yeah. yeah. So that'll be interesting to see. I think there's chat of a golf one too. Yes, a PGA. We talked one. about that. Yeah, drive, drive to survive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pop to survive. <laughs> so yeah, cool. I don't know when. I think the WRC one might be Amazon. I don't know if it's right, Netflix. Okay. I can't remember. I haven't heard more. I know we talked about it sometime last year, maybe when it was announced, but uh, I don't think I've heard much more about it. But I do have a feeling it might be Amazon. Brilliant. Um, is that all new with you then? Pretty much, yeah. Just uh, gearing up for Dubshed. Yeah. No stress at all. Least, <laughs> no, never. I dreamt about fucking Dubshed last night, as I was saying to you earlier on. <laughs> not not a good time. No. I had a nightmare there not so long ago too. Oh. But anyway, hopefully it's not a premonition. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> so basically, new with me, I had a short break last week uh, away for a night in Belfast nice meal all the rest of it yes happy birthday I like to do that for my birthday and just sort of it's a bit of relaxation but with the chaos and the weeks leading up to dub shed it's yeah. always good to go so then shortly after last Saturday on the 5th of March we had our selection day we did uh, so a group of us all gathered together in a hotel conference room and looked over not in a hotel bedroom that would be weird what did I say no you did conference <laughs> room I thought you were just going to say right, a right. hotel room mm. I was like mm, no <laughs> yeah uh, different podcast that all together. So we went over well over seven hundred entries, which was absolutely insane. So 
we have to whittle it down to around 250. So you can imagine it took quite a long time. Every entry was looked at, every photo was looked at. Selection for us is very difficult because we have to get a certain amount of VAG stuff in, we have to get a certain amount of other stuff in. You have to consider... You want a balance of ba- old, it's new... A, it's, it's all a balance. Yeah. And, you know, there's some guys over the years, and particularly this year, the complaints and Facebook stuff has just been terrible. The complaints and yeah. abuse. But, uh, like, there could be 20 or 30 of one type of car that have done the same style, and somebody will kick off because their car didn't get in. Yeah. So... Yeah, it was a difficult day. It's difficult, and we have some arguments in that room. Yeah, that's quite fun. <laughs> and I think I mentioned we're actually on uh, Andy Cooper's podcast that your your entry is so important. It's important that you do a full description and your photos have to be good. Yeah. But we're, just, we're, we're still getting bad entries. Honestly. Do you remember it snowed one day and I sent into the group chat? I was like, oh, quick, better take my dubshed photos today. <laughs> Like, like you, uh, you wouldn't believe, honestly, and like, not trying to offend anybody, but like, seriously, do you not think, you know, it's not just common sense to say, take a picture of your car, a nice, clear picture, several pictures, side, front, wheels, mods, whatever you have, maybe the bay if it's done, maybe the interior if it's done, whatever, whatever, not in the snow, not in the dark, not blurry, not far away. And like everybody has a camera in their hand, in their phone nowadays. No, it's nobody, not has, nobody has like a terrible camera anymore. You know, we're not saying go and get professional photos taken, but, you know, a couple of decent photos that show and a good, dis- or feeling that, a decent description or spec list. Or if you're in progress of doing mods, which some people will be down to the wire, like we always are. Yeah, describe Coming it. down to the show. Describe it. If you haven't fitted the wheels yet, maybe they're sitting in the corner. Take a picture of the wheels that are going to be on it or whatever. Yeah. You know, there's stuff you can do even if it's not quite ready yet. But it's it's really hard to visualize sometimes when somebody says, it's going to have this and this, but there's no photos, there's no anything. Or it's one blurry photo in a barn and no description. That could be the coolest car ever. Yeah. But we don't know. Just a bit of advice. Treat it like kind of job interview yeah portray the sell thing it. sell, sell yourself yeah. sell the car yeah um, put in, put things in the, the best light you possibly can don't lie because you will get found out yeah um but you know do the best you can with the description and the photos that's all we're asking yeah i listened to you and Gethin on the rms podcast it was it was good i enjoyed yeah. it thank you very much um i noticed i was laughing to myself as i was listening to it because andy was like saying about how great the show is and how well you guys run it and stuff. And I could tell, because I know you guys, it was just this kind of, like, awkward silence. Yeah. <laughs> like, Connor put the crickets back in here again. <laughs> and I was just going, like, they're so modest and not... It was funny, because they were you were just like, oh, thanks very much. Thanks very much, yeah. <laughs> but everything he was saying was true, and I would like to point that out. <laughs> I, I think, because you're so snowed under with what's happening and all the rest of it, I think it's usually about three or four o'clock on a Sunday afternoon when what I like to call High Street on Dubshed between the Logan and the Icon, mm-hmm. people up and walking up and down it, you realise what you've put on. You just go, wow. You know, a load of messing about and we've put this on. But we're totally professional, obviously. Oh, at all times. Yes, yes. I remember one year um, my mum and my granny came out to see it because they'd never really been out to it before. 
and they were saying they were like wow this is a, like they just i think they thought i was just a few cars in a field job around, or something you know and then they were like and i at that point i was like yeah actually yeah. you're right it's it's impressive coming from the outside i suppose we don't think of it because th- we just do it every year but i uh, a few of my friends from my work actually came to it 2019 the last one we had and i remember talking to him a few days later at work like and they blew me away with they were short end of cars but mm-hmm. they just thought that was amazing yeah so yeah it is it, i mean it's a credit to you guys for sure and as i keep saying me and connor i keep saying we but we rock up and help out for a few days here and there but doesn't happen without you but no you know. <laughs> but just on the back of the selection day process just remember that even if you didn't get selected for indoor or reserve or outdoor if you didn't even apply that if you have a vag car or a german car you can still enter on the day um, you can buy your tickets uh, online in advance or you can buy at the gate because st- we're still getting questions about that there we still have our outdoor show and shine for vag and german stuff or if uh, you can apply via pre-approved club stand yes so give us a shout if there's anything like that there just on the ticket thing the tickets are now live i don't think they were live the last time we recorded so just head to www.dubshed.com. Um, your tickets are there. But just quickly move on to the big announcement we made this week on uh, Dubshed. And that was that we have confirmed that monster event, we're having a monster motorsport event similar to what we had, Jim Cannon Grid, mm-hmm. but different and kind of. Uh, it's called, <laughs> called the Stages. The Stages, yeah. So in addition to the variety of vehicles, uh, displays, trade stands, it's a new exclusive and exciting element to Dubshed. So as I said, it's called The Stages and it's endorsed by the Solberg family. If you notice on our social media and GTI this week, a lot of monster athletes have been sharing the event. Uh, so it's a new outdoor motorsport event held alongside Dubshed and Corbin. All elements of drift, rally and time attack and of course designed by the team responsible for the better known Gymkhana grid. Uh, you'll see a large selection of cars in action. They're uh, two-wheel drive and four-wheel drive can compete. It's absolutely free. Rear wheel drive specifically. Yes, yes. for the drift boys. <laughs> uh, so, you know, this is completely free. This is a, a world event that's going yep. to be rolled out. So if you're coming to Dubshed, the price of your ticket into Dubshed gets you into this as well. It's yeah. going to be going on in it's, the background. It's absolutely free to enter. Uh, I think it's practice on the Saturday and then the final rounds are on the Sunday, just like the grid event was. If you want to enter, enter now, please. It's uh, www.gtini.com forward slash the stages. Please enter now and uh, it should be absolutely class. Because there's so much, there's so many people in this country, you know, rallying and drifting and auto test and rally cross and stuff. And we should, we should be fit to put on a good show from, from what there is in this country, I think. Yeah. So absolutely buzzing that we're able to put that on and there'll be more details soon there's a very good winner prize we can't release details on it just yet but i think maybe by the time this is out it hopefully will be out but we'll see how it goes so, <laughs> exciting uh just, just on, one more sorry, note about dubshed i was gonna say you were talking about the tickets there am i right in saying that if you want to buy a full weekend pass mm-hmm. it's easier and cheaper to do so online in advance did I read that on the website? Or uh, no, am it's I the same. It's, same it's the same price online. It's just it means you're not queuing or anything like that. You're straight in. Okay. So it is. So. Sorry, I must have misread that then. Yeah. 
Can't uh, even cut that bit out if you want. We used to do early bird tickets, but just because of the time scale we had and all the rest of it was just general release now. So, okay. had, so. so moving on from sort of news, just a wee bit of news on show updates. Yes. So our friends, uh, Paul and Johnny Curran, or Paul Glenn and Johnny Curran from MLW, they're running the Euro Project show on the 7th and 8th of May. They have released that they're opening the indoor entry selection system. It opens on the 12th or 13th of March, is it, or something like that? I think it's the 13th, 13th I want to say, which will be, March. it'll be already open by the tomorrow, time this tomorrow. comes out. Yeah. Yes, 13th. Uh, then another good news is... Same rules apply for them. I'm sure they would want us to say, yeah, good do photos. a good entry, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But if you follow them on social media, uh, Facebook, Instagram, the details of how to apply, I'm sure will be on there. Following on for more good news, then we have Kilbrony Classic Car Show have announced their date after two or three years. I was going to say, it hasn't happened for a few years now. Yeah. It is 18th of June, 2022. If you have never been to Kilbrony Classic Show, I absolutely plead with you, please go to it. It's an outdoor show in Kilbrony Forest Park. Uh, if you Google Kilbrony aerial photo or something like that there, you'll see the absolute it's scale huge. of it. Yeah. I think there's close to 2,000 outdoor Yeah. Uh, classic cars now it is a it's basically from pre-2000 right back to the turn of the century cars turn up to it and then there's classic cars or classic tractors classic lorries motorbikes yeah uh, there's trade stands everything it's just a fantastic show and i think they do a large charity fundraising um, yeah and there'll be stuff it. there that you will only see at yeah. colbrony it only comes out once or twice a year for those big classic shows yeah. Yeah, there'll be some really cool stuff there. Excellent. Uh, just quickly... Another show. Sorry. Just while we're on it. Obviously not here, but in America. Um, but I've been watching closely. Um, our friends at Volkscrack and People's Car Podcast are putting on a show 9th to the 11th of September uh, in Jersey. And it looks... Cla- I've been watching the videos and stuff. They posted a video there um, of the the hall. They were doing like a walk around saying, right, the stage is going to be here. This is where the cars are going to be, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, I really wish we were going because it looks brilliant. You it's called cr- Roots, Roots Classic. You were basically on Skyscanner soon after then. Yeah. But unfortunately, <laughs> because we've already been to Florida and we're going back to Helen, um, we've used up all our annual leave for the year. Oh, no. Oh, jeepers. <laughs> so we're a bit stuck. <laughs> uh, but maybe make next it, year. Make it a cold or something before that week, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's the news with us and a bit of show updates. Quickly, before we move on to the actual news news, uh, just quickly scan over a few wee bits and bobs I've found on YouTube. First off is Collecting Cars with Chris Harris. He does a uh, rental collection. So it's basically a collection up for grabs on Collecting Cars website. And it's the ex-UK Heritage collection from Renault. It's up for grabs. A variety of different cool rentals of the past. An Alpine, Alpine, Pin, Alpine, Alpine Berlinette, uh, Clio V6, Clio 182 Trophy, Megan R26R. So it's a 10 15 minute video of mm-hmm. Chris just giggling about in cars and um, going over some of the classic Renaults you may have forgot about. Did you see the I'm shit with Renaults, sporty Renault that Gavin had in last week? Gavin no. at Blackline. I can't remember what it is. It was cool as fuck though, so check it out on social media. <laughs> It was McGann like or? I think it was like a McGann, like a sporty McGann, whatever the sporty one is now, like a newish one. Right, okay. Yeah, it was cool. Good. Uh, the second video then would be Ken Block, his relationship with, or uh, his new 
partnership with Audi. So he has his RS e-tron GT out. And he's doing not the 60 times, not the 100 times, breaking times on a runway. And he's taking people out and basically breaking their necks, the speed of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would say there's lots more to come with that. Uh, I would say he'd probably be doing this versus that soon enough to just sort of yes, compare things. that'd be good. Uh, finally then, this week, Drift Games, the guys from down south, have started doing a podcast. Oh, yeah. I actually listened to it on the way up here. Mm-hmm. Very, as you'd imagine, from Drift Games being a media production uh, business off the, uh, on the side they do uh, much like ILB they have fa- Hype Factory Drift Games do a video production company okay. so they actually do full camera uh, recording of it and all the rest of it but oh they're brave yeah <laughs> so <laughs> yeah there's good good podcasts listening on the way up here and they were talking about various things one of them being about the Irish car scene so check that out some really good points and opinions on that from okay. from true car enthusiasts before we move on, I want to mention our sponsor, Studio 10 Bespoke Car Care. Located in Ballymena, Northern Ireland, not only are they a Vinci approved detailer specialising in vehicle detailing, paint correction and ceramic coatings, but they also have a series of online training courses called Foundation Pro. Foundation Pro is designed to help you improve your skill set at any level, whether starting out on your own vehicle or starting a business venture, and it comes with many benefits such as discounts with various detailing companies. To get details on packages offered, Foundation Pro or any other services provided, check them out at studio10car.care or simply search Studio 10 Detailing on Google, Facebook or Instagram. Just a quick word to say that Reload is sponsored by Reload.Global Apparel. Reload offer a range of retro motorsport apparel, taking design cues from the era of DTM and Group B rallying. Our top quality t-shirts and hoodies with these designs can be found in our shop section. Reload are proud to be an official stockist for 8380 Laboratories products in the UK and Europe. And just to bring some new news. New news? New news. Say that quickly. That we are releasing three new designs of t-shirts, and they will probably be here just in time for Dubshed. Yay! So hopefully release them at Dubshed or shortly after online. So there's exciting stuff. There may be something about M3s, DTM, Ooh. and Mark Three Golfs. So stay tuned. <gasps> Ooh. <laughs> so head over to reload reload global. I can't talk. I reload cannot talk. Dot global yeah, is what he's cheers. trying to say. Thank you. <laughs> Good read, Nige. Okay, so we'll just move on to a bit of news. So the first bit of news isn't good. Just to say that the Ulster Grand Prix is in doubt, stroke cancelled, after it didn't secure funding that it thought it had. Yeah. There, I think the government, or the Stormont had agreed finance with them, but uh, Tourist NI basically said it couldn't justify the level of funding requested on both financial and legal grounds. So... It's weird... It uh, they've had their troubles. I think we've mentioned this before, and I think we mentioned two or three weeks ago that it was going to go ahead. Yeah, we thought. Yeah, so I don't know. What's next? Is the Northwest going to get the extra money? Are they going to have to pull the plug? Because I think they'll probably be pulling from the same pot. Pot, you would such. think. Yeah. So yeah, hugely disappointing for motorbike fans. Yeah, um, absolutely. I think it was Ian Paisley Junior came out and said it's a loss of between fifteen and twenty million for the local economy. Yeah. For the sake of, I think it was, th- I think in previous years they'd requested 200,000. I was going to say I had 200k in my head, yeah. But they requested 800,000. Oh. And Tourist NI just went, oh. what? What you talking about? Yeah. So. I suppose they haven't run for a few years. They haven't had the the ticket sales and whatever to back them up this time around. Yeah. And the article says this is six times the funding provided by Tourist NI in previous days, 2019. 
The Department of, for the Economy and Department of Finance provided Tourism NI with the necessary approvals in principle to pay out the sum of money requested if Tourism NI was in position to do so. The funding request has now been considered by Tourism NI Board and it concluded that it could not justify the level of funding request both on financial and legal grounds. So, yeah, don't know why there was the sudden increase in money, but disappointing. Very, very disappointing. Yeah, definitely. That's another event gone by the wayside because of money. Oh, here, uh, further on down in the article, Tourist NMI has a total budget of 1.2 million to support events across Northern Ireland with an upper funding limit of 150k per group, a Tourism NI spokesman said. Okay, I, so, I understand. That's a big chunk of it, like, yeah. but maybe they just need to allocate them more money then. because With the way the world is, budgets have been sliced, so I know it's just the way it is. But you got to look at it both ways. Like uh, I'm sure the golf will still go ahead. Oh, of course. You know, because... Yeah. You can hear my eyes rolling from here. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, disappointing for the motorbike guys. Hopefully something will come out of it long term that will bring it back. Fingers crossed. Um, my Lots of my news is F1 Yay. news because there has been so much stuff happen over the last couple of weeks since the last time we yeah. recorded that I'm sure everybody knows about or has been talking about and seeing on social media and stuff, but we'll we'll run through some of it. Um, obviously I mentioned Drive to Survive starting last night so we're all getting ready and ramped up for yeah. the new season the testing, pre-season testing is ongoing at the moment but the, probably the biggest um, several stories to come out of the same thing is all around uh, Russia and the war in Ukraine and all the fallout from that so Haas have parted ways both with their sponsor Earl Kali, mm-hmm. who are a big Russian chemical fertilizer company and their driver, Nikita Mazepin, who was the son of the owner of that company. So when the war broke out, Haas had stripped the branding and the all the decals and stuff off their car. But at the time, you know, Mazepin's future, they didn't know what was going to happen, given his family's ties to Putin and stuff. Mm-hmm. It was a bit of a, oh, can we still have this guy? But initially they had said, no, he was fine. And Gunther had even made a statement saying... You know, he's a 22-year-old kid. It's not his fault. Yeah. He's just trying to have a racing career kind of thing. But um, earlier on in the week, they announced that they had terminated the contracts with both Earl Carley and Mazepin. So he's going to be replaced. Now, it was announced the other day by Kevin Magnuson, mm-hmm. who was dropped from the team in 2020 after racing with them for four seasons. So it was a bit of a surprise. There had been speculation around the reserve driver, Fittipaldi, that he was going to get the seat. Um, there was other names being bandied around uh, Giovinazzi who recently left Alpha and my boy my boy my boy Nico Hulkenberg so naturally I'm a bit heartbroken about that that's got that news for him. you yeah but Kevin marked his return to F1 in style by setting Friday's fastest time in testing nice um, taking advantage of Haas's extra hour of running late on Friday night to set a surprise fastest time on the penultimate day of pre-season testing Haas have been granted an extra hour of running after they missed the opening on Thursday morning um, due to travel delays and some of their stuff not being there on time they were given an extra hour after and that was when Kevin set the fastest time brilliant so happy days on that um more Russian F1 related stuff. Um, a lot of sporting authorities have moved to ban Russian athletes and sporting events. Um, 
F1 governing body had initially only banned Russian and Belarusian drivers from competing under their own national flags, but they could still race under the FIA flag because it's neutral. But many other national authorities, including Motorsport UK, took their own action and banned the drivers from those countries from competing in events um, under their jurisdiction. So they wouldn't accept their race licenses and stuff. So even if Mazepin had stayed, uh, he wouldn't have been able to race at the likes of Silverstone and stuff because he would have been banned from that. F1 have also terminated their TV contracts um, in Russia with uh, the broadcaster Match TV. They've terminated that contract. They've terminated the Russian Grand Prix. Sochi. In Sochi. So um, it's been in Sochi for the last few years. It was supposed to move to St. Petersburg in 2023 as well, but they've said they're not going back to Russia at all. A lot of the drivers and stuff had said that they wouldn't want to go and race there and stuff. Um, Vettel and Verstappen had both yeah. made statements to that effect. So, it's crazy what's going on in the world yeah, right now. Yeah, like, it's so mad. I was listening to the Drift Games podcast and the Russian Drift ser- Series, RDS, mm-hmm. they came out with a statement this week about, oh, the series is going ahead. We're having six, round he- six rounds in Russia and then we're going to launch a new five-round championships in Europe. And everybody just went, are you still? How's that working? (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, their news must be different Mm. to what our news is. So, no, the world's crazy at the moment. I mean, I can understand. It's not necessarily the Russian people's fault. And it is, it may seem harsh to penalise them, you know, by taking away the broadcasting of the sports and not allowing athletes. Like, it's not their fault. I get, I get that. But I suppose the other countries in the world have to be seen to be doing something. Yeah. Not supporting Russia, even though it's not necessarily all Russians. But, yeah, it's crazy. Mental. On the back of that, then, um, unless you've been lying under a rock, fuel prices, eh? Oh, yeah. So calls have been made in this country for uh, the government to step in to help people pay their bills. Just gas and oil is just surging through the roof. And on Thursday, the Consumer Council fuel price check revealed that there'd been nearly a 30p per litre increase in one week when it comes to the highest diesel price in Northern Ireland. Uh, just some examples here. March the 3rd, the highest recorded in Lima Valley was 158.9. March the 10th, Craig Avon is 186.9. Yeah. I, just, I was just saying on the way up here, the, di- the diesel prices up in Armagh, they're mental it's compared crazy. to Cumber. Um, they're about 10p a litre higher here than our where I live. Last Sunday I filled the car and it, it had been going up and up but I didn't need fuel until then and then it was 162 I paid on Sunday. Tuesday when I was driving out to go to work past the same garage it was up to 172, 171 and then Thursday when I was coming back past the same petrol station it was 180 something. Yeah. And I was just, every time I drive past it, it's just like up, up, up. And they do that same petrol station does kerosene at the pump. And it was like, went from 90p on Sunday to like 99 to 109 to 119 a litre for heating oil at the pump. Yeah. It's fucking mad. Like, dear help, anybody run anything like a van or a lorry at the moment? Yeah. We're just, just that, trying to heat their house. Just t- I I work alongside a few farmers like and red diesels now one twenty one thirty. Yeah, it's like this time last year it was fifty p. Mm-hmm. You know, so your fuel prices are nearly tripled. Yeah, in production, and that's going to be a, 
uh, trickle down effect into everything. Everything. Because oil is everything. Especially because we live on an island. Everything yeah. has to come in, yeah. has to be shipped, has to be transported. It, it has to lead to the reversal of some environmental policies. This tree planting over production land. Yeah. Because it just frustrates me. And th- th- this new act that's been passed, it's sort of gone under the radar about this climate act in Northern Ireland that Puts has been behind. Mm-hmm. And this is basically the reduction of output of agriculture in Northern Ireland. Now you've heard that right, the reduction of agriculture. Yeah. If anything didn't put into focus what happened in 2020 with COVID and how important our food supply was. Yeah. You would have thought, ah, we better back down these environmental things. And a year later, they're just going, yeah, let's plant some more trees. Yeah. So what? what's more important, planting trees or feeding people? Um, so, sorry, got on my, <laughs> my platform there a bit. Just rolling on from that, Skoda produce some of their EV cars. Mm-hmm. In, I forget the name of it, the new EV car. I think there's two factories in Ukraine and two in Russia. Yeah. And, you know, that leads into... Just the whole conflict is leading to supply chain issues, fuel issues, just everything. Yeah. So, and we're already on the back foot because of COVID and all the shutdowns that's the from thing. that already. People are saying basically the COVID shortage is just going to be like a walk in park, walk in the park compared, compared to what's to going this, to happen. Yeah. Um. So, you know, you had COVID, then you had the chip shortage, and now you have this. So, things ain't looking too rosy. So keep your chin up. Try to keep smiling. <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. So, yeah, um, I think we'll ask, ask for a few questions that are coming up later on about the fuel and thoughts yes, on it. some so. people have sent in some comments and stuff, so we'll read them out later on as well. Yeah. Speaking of F1 that we were speaking about a minute ago, Lewis Hamilton, so subscription channel giant, I suppose, Apple TV, have announced they've secured a deal to show a new documentary about uh, Lewis Hamilton. So the as yet unnamed project will be directed by British fil- filmmaker Matt Kay and produced by Hamilton and his media talent manager, Penny Tho. The documentary has had full is access... That, is that Penny, the one that follows about the pets? Yes, I think that's his, like, aid media person. Skippy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the one he just passes Throws the helmet. to and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, He's going down the scooter lane, the, or the, la- the pet lane, the scooter, and she's running along she's behind walking, him. <laughs> or, like, carrying his dog and stuff. You see her sometimes with his dog. <laughs> So the documentaries had full access to Hamilton and his team and promises an all-star cast of guest interviews as well as footage from on the track and off. Um, Hamilton's also been linked as a consultant and possible actor in the upcoming Apple original films uh, Formula One movie project starring Brad Pitt. So reports suggest Pitt will play a veteran racing star who comes out of retirement to mentor a young driver. So far, so original. Um, I can... I can sense the cringe from here. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll see. It might be all right. Probably not. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> uh, just a quick one. I noticed there on uh, PSNA page, uh, Facebook page. It's good to, good to follow them sometimes because they show some of the carry-ons on our road. Some of the stuff they post is hilarious. Yeah. So this was, I think it was the Mid-Ulster PSNA Facebook page. Uh, they took a photo of the speed detector and it was at five, 10 past 5 a weekday and I remember that day because it was absolutely teeming with rain mm-hmm. the speed was now it's between Moneymore and Cookstown the carriageway yeah. which is a 60 Okay. 
used to be a 70, but it's reduced to a 60 now. It's a 19-year-old. Uh-huh. 125 miles an hour. Holy shit. <laughs> what? That's just mental. So good luck to him in court. What was uh, the driving? It didn't show or didn't, didn't say. say what it was. I'd like to know, wouldn't you? Mm. <laughs> so Sonny's in a whole lot of trouble anyway. Yes. I don't think the judge will go easy on that young yeah. fellow. That'll be an example for the Cookstown Observer or whatever the local paper is. <laughs> but that's all the news with me. The next thing I have is my favourite subject, electric cars. <laughs> just electric cars, like that's just plays into the hand, the fuel prices. 100%. That's all I've been thinking all week is it's just going to, the government are going to be rubbing their hands with glee. Just on the news there. Yep. When they start talking about petrol prices, just it always at the back of the report is, oh, make people consider what they're buying next and all the rest of it. Yes, I will consider not buying an electric car, <laughs> as always. <laughs> but the new um, Volkswagen much-touted ID Buzz, which is a stupid name, but it's the it, new... It, it, it has flooded my YouTube feed. All yeah. these car channels have just, look at this! It's retro-styled kind of throwback to the old split-screen yeah. camper they look funky, don't get me wrong. It's a fashion car. They are fashion cars. They're all colourful, like the twin colours and stuff. I actually saw spy shots of one, um, but it was just all white and it just looks like a snooze paper carrier, Yeah, obviously. But with the like split colours and stuff, they look cool. Am I going to buy one? Absolutely fucking not. But, you know, they're out there. They look funky. Ten years time, they could be a dub shed with slammed rims and air raid. I'd say in a couple of years time, yeah, you'll see well, them. Yeah, the things were going. <laughs> I was actually surprised. I don't think I'm wrong. And we didn't have any EV entries this year. I no. thought we might have done. Well, we will have one, but it'll not be vague. Okay. On a trade stand. But I thought somebody would have jumped on the, you know, the do the new thing straight away. Yeah, an air yeah. new car. There might be some at Ultimate Dubs this weekend. There probably will be, I would say. I'm sure probably Connor will tell us. A couple of Teslas or ID4s, maybe. Yeah. So, yeah. The camper van is going to be called the ID Buzz California. But it's actually not going on sale till at least 2025. Right. Which I thought was weird. But they reckon um, they're selling so many of the diesel ones at the minute that they don't want to kill the cash cow until <laughs> they absolutely have to. Ready to go. <laughs> yeah. Another electric car. Unfortunately, that's a lot of the news these days. Um, the Opel Manta. Oh, yes. It's coming back as an electric car. Okay. So. And as a sports coupe? Don't know. So last year, I think we might have had this on the news at the time, there was an Opel Manta Resto mod. Mm -hmm. Actually looked class. But this is going to be an actual production new manta however a manta befitting the times we live in emissions free versatile and a car that will appeal to the heart and mind explains Vauxhall new manta is set to be a fascinating and astoundingly spacious new interpretation of a classic what does that sound like to you total waffle a fucking MPV or something like, oh, right, doesn't okay. it astoundingly spacious okay right okay mm. so they basically took a a legendary name and just Screws it over, just like the Mustang. Like the Mustang. Yeah. Well I done, Opal. Well done. Could be wrong, but they haven't 
said anything other than this kind of vague sounding statement. Prepare for not what you expect. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The last um, bit of news that I have is after 50 years of collaboration with BMW, um, BMW have bought the Alpina brand officially. I've seen that, yeah, yeah. So obviously they, they've they, been... They used to buy the chassis and take them to their factory, basically, didn't they? Yes, to be... It's like a... Alpinified. <laughs> yes, Alpinified. Yeah. So for the last 50 years, they've been working together. But now Alpi- or BMW have actually bought the company. So they'll be all in-house now. They have said redundancies, possibly, but that they will commit to offering Alpina employees um, other jobs within the BMW group. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, just interesting that, I suppose, it, I never really thought about it before. I kind of assumed they kind of were one and the same already, but obviously they aren't, but they are now. Yeah. I wonder if they bring them in to do, like, special projects for the electric generations or something, maybe. Could be. Yeah. I think the last Alpina was was fairly popular, wasn't it? Yeah. Some done some crackers over the years, like. It would be like the Brabus of a Mercedes Alpina, wouldn't it? Yeah. That sort of modification wing. What is the other one? So has AMG always been part of Merck? Stefan will be shouting at going, what are you talking about, you absolute <laughs> idiot? But yes, Brabus was a thing. And then like Cosworth and stuff. Yeah, they Co- were all those Cosworth- like tuning houses. Yeah. Just sort of, sort of done joint projects, development mm. with them really. Interesting times. Yes, absolutely. That wraps up the news then. It does. So now we'll just move on to a topic, and it's taken by Lee today. So, Lee, over to you. Thank you. Uh, this is a subject, a couple of subjects kind of combined that are close to my heart. Um, electric films. cars, no? No, definitely not electric cars. <laughs> films. Cool. And uh, built, not bought, okay. shall we say. So if you want to hear more about us talking about some film cars, we do have an episode on that. Episode 31, I believe. I did look it up, and now I've forgotten, but I'm pretty sure it was 31. I'll trust you. We're talking about uh, film cars and TV cars and iconic uh, cars of both small and big screen. But this one is just a little more specific topic, so I'll dive right in. There's a new Batman in the cinemas. Yeah. And he has new three, wheels. Three hours long. It is long. Uh, but he's got new wheels with big old tires. Yeah. Have you seen it yet? I've seen the car revving up in a clip mm. I've seen of it and jumping through fire. So Have uh, you seen it yet? Yes. Right. We went to see it last Good. weekend. It is good. I really enjoyed it. Good. It is long, though. I will say that. Some a few people have come out and said it's better than the Nolan trilogy. I don't think it's better, but very good. But it is good. I love the Nolan trilogy. I bought the whole trilogy on uh, Amazon two weeks ago. <laughs> Just I, I love I love the Nolan trilogy, Batman. As any regular listeners of the podcast will know, um, I've waxed lyrical many a time about the Tumblr and stuff. So uh, I'm definitely a big fan of that. But this is kind of a new take different not in a bad way just different and good so robert pattinson stars as batman and uh, director matt reeves new take on what they describe as a troubled goth kid all right very good (laughs) yeah i'm sure pat's good for that yep so it shows us a rookie superhero um batman hand building an early version of his trademark suit and of course the trademark car so as befits someone just setting out on their quest to rid Gotham of quirky themed bad guys, the latest take on the Batmobile is possibly the least advanced ever put on film. There's no self-driving tech, there's no military spec armour or 
guns or any of this kind of thing. No gadgets. It's a homemade muscle car. Possibly the most high-tech feature is a bumper. What what year is it set in, the new Batman? Hard to tell, because Gotham's like an, it's kind like an, of its own universe. It's like an industrial type, but it's dark. Yeah. I mean, it's modern enough. So they keep us waiting throughout the film, so you see it in the background a little bit, kind of under a cover, peeking out a little bit. You can see the engine in a few of the wide shots when he's in the bat cave, but when it does arrive, boy does it, it arrive. arrive. <laughs> they just the filmmakers and producers and stuff have done kind of interviews about it. So they reckon that the Batmobile is key to unlocking the psyche of the new Batman kind of explaining what he's all about. So he's this kind of just starting out, home built. Not so much of the tech, not so he's kind of turned his back on Wayne mm-hmm. Industries and he's just doing his own bit of a thing. When a production designer is first introduced to Batman, the first thing you hear is, what's the Batmobile going to be? That and the Batcave. It's an intimidating process because so many amazing designs have come before us. This is production designer James Chinlund speaking. As is always the case with Matt, director Matt Reeves, it goes back to the narrative and the story that he wants to tell. The car isn't something that's been provided for him. It's a car he's built himself. It's similar to the design of the character he's creating in Batman. Matt Reeves goes on to say, Car culture is an important part of who and what Batman is. My first Batmobile was the Lincoln Futura from the 60s television series. I was obsessed with it. I had the little corgi models and all the toys. We'd seen the Batmobile as a gothic rocket. We've seen it as a tank. But this is a Batman in the second year of his career who doesn't have Lucius Fox behind him. I wanted him to be a gearhead in his garage, working on a kind of bashed up kit car. I wanted it to look somehow retro and familiar, like a Charger or Challenger, but also unlike anything you've ever seen before. We started talking to an amazing bunch of car guys, including a guy called Ash Thorpe, who did some work for us. It's an amazing experience to be able to make your own Batmobile. It had to perform like a muscle car. But you can't drive around in a Batmobile without being seen. So you're only doing that when you're driving something purpose-driven. He also cites one of his influences or references for the car was uh, Christine from the Stephen yep. King horror films. Yep. Um, it's a Plymouth Fury that comes to life to seek revenge on things. I think in Christine the first kill is in the production line, isn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he says the purpose of the car for me was to be like a creature in a horror film. And to intimidate. Back to Chinland, he says, everything that you see on the car is a case of form following function. We wanted to create a machine that was a relentless pursuer. Nothing could stop it. Imagine putting a hammer down on the table and putting four wheels on it. Okay, how do we turn that into a car? Choices were made based on need rather than design. It's a car. It's not a tank. It's not a military vehicle. It had to be bespoke and hand-built but also be able to ram through things. So we built the body around that idea. That's why the rear is open and the engine is exposed. You do see a V10 engine sitting in the back cave, but the actual car itself uses a 650 brake Chevrolet V8, plus a few other bits purloined from other cars. So it gives it that kind of home built feel. The cabin's pretty spare. Um, There's just one seat in it, but it's an off the shelf Corbo seat that you could buy. Mm yourself uh the steering wheel is also a catalog item it's an omp wheel um which is the same one that's used in bmw z3s very so, relatable build it yeah. sounds like 
Producers felt built for Batmobiles, so we talked about this in the film episode as well. There's often many versions of the cars built for different scenes, um, and they were used to film different aspects of the film's central chase scene, which if you haven't seen it, I won't spoil, but it's good. One of the four borrowed much of its electric drivetrain from a Tesla, didn't say which model, but they needed a quiet car to run so that they could capture the dialogue. Okay. Um, and then, obviously, the sound and Foley guys could add in the V8 noises and stuff later on. One of the cars was built without the big heavy bumper. It had a fake fiberglass bumper. That was so they could do the jumps without the front heaviness. And uh, it had added suspension travel to absorb the landing. The final car had a stuntman position, a driving position, actually on the roof of the car. That's another thing they use in in films so that the actor can be in the car acting speaking doing whatever and you can film it with him in it but the driver is actually sitting on the roof driving the car everything that you see was actually done there's not really any cgi or anything in it so they wanted the car to be able to do all the stuff yeah so chinlin goes on to say it's so densely detailed there are more than three thousand machine parts in the engine alone but it actually does everything you see it do in the film the main chase scene is one of the most visceral cinematic experiences I've ever been part of. Tipping tractor trailers and smashing through things. It was all in camera. Everything the car does, it's really doing. Um, what did you think of the chase scene? It was good. Yeah. It was good. It's not really spoiling it to say because it's in the trailer. But one of the shots where it like comes out of the fire and stuff. It's, it's cool. And the penguins look in the rear view mirror. He's upside down. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of the penguin who is... I didn't realise until after we watched the, the film. The makeup is... Do you know who it is? It's uh, Colin... Colin Farrell? Farrell? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. I didn't know that. The prosthetics and, and stuff. When You know when the end credits roll and all the actors' names come up and Colin Farrell and I was like... Where was he? I didn't see him. <laughs> and then I was like, maybe it's another guy called Colin Farrell. It's not that Colin Farrell, but it's him. Crazy. Yeah. Um, he drives a 2022 Quattroporte in the film. So that's Very what he's nice. being chased in. Mm-hmm. Um... Other notable vehicles in the film, Bruce's daily driver is a split window 63 Corvette Stingray. Oh, yes. Oh, beautiful. Sheer elegance. I think I I made that noise when it came on the screen. I was just like, (laughs) oh, look at that. (laughs) Eye candy. Yeah. um, Maybe a little bit, I don't know, not fancier, but cooler than uh, Nolan's Murcielago. Yeah. To each their own. There's also a couple of quite cool bikes and kind of cafe racers that like Catwoman and stuff drive. So, yeah, it's a solid car film. Robert Pattinson, meanwhile, doesn't profess to be any sort of a gearhead in real life. I still have the same 2001 Chevy Silverado pickup with a hole in the door that I've had forever, he says. (laughs) It's the most reliable car I've ever owned and it's fun to drive. When I pull up alongside gardeners, they always try to buy it off me. (laughs) <laughs> Valet parkers have to put it in the space in a fancy restaurant normally reserved for a Rolls Royce because it's so big. <laughs> <laughs> so that is my topic cool. of the bat car. So hope you enjoyed it. It wasn't very long, but I didn't want to do too many spoilers or anything. Very relevant to being released this week. So thanks very much. I do definitely uh, recommend the film. A three-hour film, like a just crazy. But one thing I'll I, say about I, it, right? You know the old joke about. Lord of the Rings, where they say it has too many endings. Right, okay. There's a wee bit of that, because you're kind of like, something happens, and then you're like, okay, that's the end. And then it's like another scene, and then you're like, oh, right. 
that's the end. Oh, it's like multiple conclusion-y. Like, oh, right. Because they kind of have to tie up a few different things. Oh, for goodness sake. But no, it's really It is good. I'm, I f- sound like I'm putting it down, but I'm not. I did enjoy it very much. Did it lead to, oh, there's more to come? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's left kind of open-ended. Well, I think that's the way film companies now are. That they basically go, right, we'll knock out, a, we'll sign contracts to the actors. You're going to do a three-film deal or whatever. Yeah. Because if they do one and it becomes a mega success probably cost them a fortune to get yeah. the actor in for the second time so they tie them in the, for trilogies well or I think he is in for three oh, but I think go. if it isn't a success they just put them in something else oh, right, I okay. don't think it has to be three films of that franchise yeah. but I think I think it'll do well and, cool. uh, I haven't seen the the Ben Affleck one have you? no no so I, don't, I can't comment <laughs> on it <laughs> right enough I forgot about it yeah because you think it goes Nolan and then this it doesn't yeah what was that called? Batman versus Superman: Dawn of Justice. That was one of them. I don't. Know, is there a standalone Batfleck? I don't know. I thought there was. I haven't seen many of those DC films. Yeah, they're a bit dark. But whatever. <laughs> cool. Thanks very much for that. And just to wrap things up, we'll go through a few questions. Uh, we had questions from previous recordings that we didn't get tied up, so. I'll get these out first of all yeah, and then you'll move on to the recent questions or input. So the first one, uh, this is from a few weeks back, is from S14 OCP and Simon says if you had to make up your own Top Gear challenge what would you do? I think we had this on the podcast and then we said we need to come back to this because we needed time to think about it and I haven't really thought about I, it. I have, have you? Have, have you? Right, you can answer so, this one then. So I've sort of had this idea in the back of my head for a while and Drift Week and Race Week has sort of put it in focus. Here's my idea for it. You get five grand and you have to build, have a fast track car and you drive around Ireland stopping at various tracks. That does sound good. So you've got Kirkuson, Bishop's Court, Mandelo. What do you call the go-kart track that... Vag boys use what they call Watergrass it? Hill. Watergrass Hill. There's bound to be a few small I'm tracks. Sure there's somewhere. others, yeah. But I think I'll be cool for a week going around various tracks. That would be good. What would you buy? Mark Five GTA. <laughs> there's but here's the thing, five grand I was gonna say two I'm not gra- gonna get you much. No, a two grand is just pointless because you couldn't buy anything because the way the world is at the moment. Yeah, Mark Five GTA probably the more covers it all. Yeah. Sort of two hundred break a standard, good chassis. That sort of thing. If you have any suggestions to what you would use, please send them in. Yes, be interesting to hear what you guys would do with that. So, track week we would call that, or race week. Yeah, yeah. I think that would be cool. So, there you go. There's my if thoughts. Anybody wants to sign up and send us some money? That would yeah. be good, also. <laughs> uh, Anthony underscore m eighty five. Why, no matter what time of day it is, somehow the West Link is rammed. That's it really is no. I don't experience this because of my shift patterns. So I'm never, and because of the direction I come into Belfast, but I did come across it yesterday. I was at the Icon actually uh, doing some stuff and I had to go to work at two o'clock. So I hit the West Link at quarter past one on a Friday. That was an experience. There was a queue basically from the Balls and the Falls yeah. right, right through to York Gate. The West Link is always mad, but yes, Friday afternoons, even, you know, peak times, rush hour, okay, fine. Friday afternoons, I think everybody who still works in Belfast, because most people are now working from home, 
but even before COVID or any of that, it seemed like everybody quit early on a Friday because Friday afternoons were Quiet. always mental. Yeah. Am I right in saying that the Westlink is the only motorway in Europe that has a set of traffic lights on? Good question. I don't know. Because it does. It does. And the overfly or over, what do you call that, the project they were going to put in the flyover, mm-hmm. it was due 10 years ago and it's still not there. Still hasn't happened. But there used to be a junction uh, heading out of Dublin. Do you remember at, you have the M50 mm-hmm. and then you head out towards Limerick, the N7, there used to be a set of traffic lights. Oh, was there? And then they've got the flyover built. But before that, there used to be a queue because there was a set of travel lights in the motorway. There always used to be a queue on the M50 because there was an actual toll yes, booth as opposed right. to the, the electronic yeah. toll. Um, do you ever find? Do you ever come across a traffic jam, and then when you get up to like the end of it, there's nothing there because you think it must be a crash, it must be something, no. and then you get and then there's nothing there. <coughs> it's yep. very weird. Um. Myself and Robin were over in Manchester a few years ago. He's pit- picking up a set of wheels. And we found that on the circular road around Manchester that the traffic jam is because of each junction. People coming yeah, in, people coming, coming in. Uh, I do say, I remember reading a thing years ago about... It's just sheer volume. Like the concertina effect oh, of right. somebody hits their brakes and the next person hits. And that can back up the traffic like so far back just by people braking. Yeah. Even though there is nothing. Yeah. I think traffic. that's why in the... Some of the motorways in England to have the spacing markers mm-hmm. to stop to try and reduce that because it actually has been proven to work because stop and start and stop and start and just like a delayed effect on yeah. back down the traffic. But yeah, in summary, Westlink sucks. Yeah, pretty so. much. Avoid <laughs> if at all possible. Just avoid Belfast if at all possible. Sorry, <laughs> Belfast people. <laughs> Is that all the old ones? Yep, that's the old ones. Yeah. Okay, so we have a mishmash here of questions and uh, comments about the fuel, so they'll be a bit intermingled. First one is from Maisonaire. Whose bad idea was it to accept the 6N2 into Dubshed? Wink. <laughs> Love the podcast, guys. Keep it up. Yeah. So looking forward to seeing any polos at Dubshed, because yeah. we like those. Connor especially. I'll answer for him because he's not here. Connor, um, Connor voted yes for that at the selection oh, I'm day, sure he did, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, next one, Aaron Noodle Hegarty. He says, "Do in America, kill the dictator, steal all his oil, free fuel for everybody." I think plans are afoot, Aaron. To be <laughs> honest with you, if you watch what's going on, them, so I think he's nailed it there. Uh, dead broke and but ugly. Uh, Five dollars fifty a gallon in the states. That's what the fuel is over there. Ah, uh, to be like that. It's still cheap compared to us, but I, th- I know I, that's I th- expensive for th- the states. I think we're eleven dollars. I think somebody worked it out. We're eleven dollars yeah. a gallon, basically. He says, um, "Fortunately, the Q7 rarely runs long enough to consume fuel." <laughs> <laughs> Positives and negatives, yeah. Under slash IC under slash. It just says cutting fuel duty. So I think the question was kind of what should be done or what can be done. <laughs> Down south, they reduced 15 cents a litre and overnight the petrol stations, just before they introduced it, put their prices up 15 cents. So it made no difference. Now, I heard that in Hungary, they've capped fuel at 150 euro a litre. They just capped it. You can't go any higher. Can't go any higher than that. I don't know what way they're funding that or whether the fuel guys claim that back or what, but that seems to be the most sensible option at the moment. Yeah. Uh, Kian Don says fuel crisis makes makes proper rigs cheaper. Ten k to spend S eight seven fifty i or Princess Die S six hundred. 
Yeah, I see it all day long. Yeah, just same. such a machine. I love those so much. I just float along in that. Just waft around. Feeling superior. Being awesome. <laughs> I'll say, uh, the mark might be a good call too. There's a beautiful green one comes to a lot of our shows. I can't uh, remember the fellow's yes. name, yeah, but yeah. I love that car so much. Every time I see it, I'm just like, Pure goals. class. That's Pure goals. class. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Gav Blackline says, have you ever run out of fuel before? I'm experiencing it for the first time. Oh dear. Hope you get sorted, Gav. <laughs> did I tell my story about running out of fuel? You did. And I told mine about breaking down on the, or on the roundabout in the army having to rescue me. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, a few times I've been amber gambling yeah. and uh, not won. I think that experience has wor- uh, scarred me for life because I, I never let my car get below a quarter tank now. It's just... <laughs> it's kind of a point of pride with me. I'm like, no, I know how much before I but can... <laughs> then, then there's another side of it too. You're running your car down fuel. You're picking up all the crap from the bottom of the tank. That is true so, too. So, you know, that's the way you look at it too. Um, next question from Jake Slow Up. He says, favourite tattoo or any more tattoos planned and worst tattoo you have seen? Uh, I do have another one planned, which Mm. I actually forgot about until I saw this question from Jake. I'm actually booked in for the end of this week. Very good. You're going to Hollywood, (laughs) are you? Yeah. Uh, Donnelly? Or no. What do you call him? Neil Campbell is the guy who does mine. But he's in Crooked Mile in the studio. Yeah. So, uh, yes, looking forward to that. Favourite tattoo... Like of mine or probably my camper on my leg with the tree. I mm-hmm. do like it. Worst tattoo I've ever seen. I think like, the misspelled ones. Misspelled. There's so, there's so many like. The worst tattoo is only jo- God can judge me. Sorry. <laughs> no, I'll judge you. You're a twat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you ever watch Tattoo Fixers? I, I used to, yeah. I know a lot of tattoo artists don't like tattoo fixers, but I find it humorous. Some of the stuff on it is yeah. just like, <laughs> what were you thinking? What were you drinking? But the most of the, <laughs> those guys, they're either headers or they've been paid lots to come on that show, some of them. Yeah, probably. So, and it's the faces of the tattooists going, what the hell? And they reveal they're what they've like, done. What? <laughs> and so you see something going, how the fuck am I going to cover uh, that up? Yeah. Jeepers, <laughs> oh. Um, I think Connor does have some more planned, but uh, Garage Build is yep. holding him back somewhat. Yes, he's prioritising. I'm just balling on ahead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Quattro Rick, any listeners know how to create high octane petrol out of water and air? Here, be a very rich man if I could. Yeah, like the Philosopher's Stone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, MLVW Ireland says 212 euro the other day for diesel. That's mental. Yeah. But then I think when you convert it down, I think that's around where it is here, 170-ish. Probably is, yeah. Yeah, because I think it's 1.83, 0.84 to the pound. So Yeah, I'm not good at maths. <laughs> I just use a calculator. <laughs> um, Ronan underscore H21. An Audi A2 seems like the play right now for a daily with the fuel silliness. Yeah, uh, I think a lot of people will be downsizing now. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting year. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He also says, America needs to, ah, they're complaining about their price and it's half the price of ours. Yeah, I've just said there, I think it's $11 a gallon here. Even when we were there um, a couple of weeks ago, before all this kind of started, even then it was, we were working it out, it was like half. It was like, guys, Uh, 
what are you complaining about? I mean, your fuel is shit quality, but, you know. I, I think I, 2016 when I was there, I remember I had to top up the hire car. And it was like $20 to fill it. Yeah. And I was just going, this is mental. The, a lot of theirs is like a lot lower octane, isn't it? And they have the... No, theirs is relabeled differently. Oh, is it? Is that so what it is? I think their 91 or 93 is our 97. Oh, okay. It's I different. It's different I thought it was just generally lower and the cars were just mapped differently. No, I think it's uh, it's different the way it's scaled or something. Okay. But essentially, I think it's the equivalent. But they've had the the additional ethanol for years oh, that we haven't had until yeah. recently. Soul of the Road says, Putin, Putin, let the world chill a bit and take oil off the speculative commodities market. Oh, well. There you go. <laughs> he knows his shit. <laughs> And Putin, Putin. That's a good. <laughs> That's a good. Uh, James Doherty ninety five says saw a station selling miles plus diesel for two twenty nine. Oh jeez. That's like the fancy diesel. Everybody's uh, from down south that uh, sort of following social media have been. It's always been the apple green pictures they've been taking. Mm-hmm. But I was actually past the apple green on Friday. That's between Lisburn and Belfast. And it was only 160, I say only, 163, 164 for diesel. Yeah. You'd expect it to just take the motorway. I would have expected those motorway service stations to be the dearest of the lot. They, they are, usually are. You could drive by it now, it could be 170 something from yeah. you. Every day, it's just going up every day. Um, B13 RRT, 135 a litre for red, may as well be white, for, al- for agricultural use, by the way, LOL. That's insane. And it goes out of, it's April, it's done. Yeah, they're getting rid of it. Yeah. Hello. Mm. Uh, last question. We'll end on a slightly less depressing note yes. from so, Anakin. Sorry Automotive. about the sorry about the fuel talk, folks. <laughs> with the recent, excuse me, with the recent Bungate scandal, yeah. what is Gethin and Nigel's healthy snack of choice? So, reference point that we were on the Sold the Scene podcast, and Andy mentioned that Ross usually takes the he usually buns. brings buns. We were presented with no buns, no buns, and NI, tap water. N, no NA water, bottled water. Oh, NA water? I thought it was just tap water. No, it was these specially labeled NA water <laughs> bottles. So, so uh, yeah, Ross, you were missed without the buns. So you were um, <laughs> just on the buns thing. What's your favorite bun? I like a cream bun. I have two things. Fresh cream. Uh, French Village German biscuits. Connor's favourite is German biscuits. I can tell you that already. Well, tell him to get French Village ones because they are insane. <laughs> or Asher's uh, raspberry ruffle slices, which are just... That sounds good. Mental. So, healthy snacks. Yeah, let's get into the real exciting stuff here. <laughs> healthy snacks. I love... I, I absolutely love those nuts. I just love nuts. So do, I so. like nuts, yeah. But the same nut too... Too many nuts is bad for you because it's saturated fat or whatever. Yeah. But it doesn't stop me. I love pistachios. Oh. So much. The only thing is the faff of the shells. That slows you down. Otherwise, you just mm. pour them into your mouth. <laughs> like I said, there's a couple of things that I would do if I ever got super rich. You know, like just stupid rich. One would be I would hire somebody to wash my hair. You know, when you go to the hairdressers <laughs> and they have that wee backwards sink where you lie down. Yeah. And just like, because I love that with the digs nails into your head and all. Um, and the other would be dedicated pistachio sheller. Just follow me around at all times. So I'll just be like, well, pistachio, munch, munch, munch. Just on the top of the back of that, I discovered this week that uh, Snoop Dogg has a dedicated blunt roller that follows of him everywhere. He does. Apparently gets 80 grand a year to just to follow him. 
fall around and roll joint for him. So there you go. That's what you do when you got that stupid money. Imagine the interview for that. <laughs> Show me your skills, bro. <laughs> Here, this is a motoring podcast. We're back on food again. <laughs> yeah, so thanks for the questions, folks. We'll wrap it up there. And next time we record, we will hopefully I'll have Connor, unless somebody, Another di- trip somebody comes dives up, out knows? or something. <laughs> uh, so... If you want to just uh, follow us on our socials at Reload Podcast on Instagram or Facebook. And as I said, give us reviews, likes, all that good stuff. If you want to support the podcast, you can also go to buymeacoffee.com slash reloadpod um, and you can make us a donation if you so wish. Absolutely no pressure to do so. But if you feel like you'd like to support us in any way or you enjoy what we're doing, um, help us grow. Please do. And you can follow us individually. I'm at VDubboy and I'm at MaxwellHouse46. And thank you for listening and we'll see you next time. Cheers. Bye. Mm-hmm.